Hey everybody, before we begin today's show, I wanted to bring your attention to uh, GoFundMe that I feel uh, you all, if you have the ability to do so, should check out um, and either financially support or uh, support it uh, via sharing the link on social media. And that's uh, from Mark Wade's Legal Defense Fund. Who the hell is Mark Wade? He is a uh, comic book creator, also a comic book historian. Um, I recently saw a lot of uh, him up here in a couple of uh, documentaries on the DC Universe app, uh, which seven ninety nine a month, not a bad deal at all for all the uh, DC-related content you get from that. But uh, one thing him and other uh, professionals in, in the industry have been dealing with lately uh, is a group that calls themselves Comics Gate. Um, a group of folks that more than likely probably haven't even read comic books, and if they have, they've gotten the entire wrong idea about what these characters truly stand for. It's not the reprehensible, bigoted, homophobic, misogynistic viewpoints that uh, these these people have. But uh, people like this are also bullies. And one thing uh, a couple leaders of this comic skate group have done, ha- have... It has resulted in Mark Wade being sued by them for uh, libel and slander and all that. Now, um, based on everything I've seen, based on all uh, the articles that are available about this, this lawsuit is purely frivolous, but... We also have to take in, in, into account what uh, the legal system in this country is like. It is definitely possible for somebody to uh, financially overwhelm someone uh, legally. So a person may end up winning the battle but losing the war financially. So uh, Mark Wade need, needed some help. So he went to uh, GoFundMe. If you go to uh, GoFundMe.com uh, and search for Mark Wade's Legal Defense Fund, you can uh, help uh, contribute to his cause. If you believe uh, comic book creators should have the freedom to uh, create diverse characters, to have characters of color uh, leading stories, to have uh, you know characters about uh, people's sexuality uh, in, involved in stories, different religions uh, in, in stories, uh, you want to be able to support him and make sure that all creators like him are able to uh, be free from unnecessary harassment because some people are vile. If uh, you don't support uh, the Comicscape folks, please support this GoFundMe. And now, on to the show. thousand generations the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice in the old Republic before the dark times before the Empire a young Jedi named Darth Vader who was a pupil of mine until he turned to evil helped the Empire hunt down and destroy the Jedi Knights Vader was seduced by the dark side of the force Yes, Master. Rise.
let's transition on to the next film. Uh, that's episode two, Attack of the Clones. What were the thoughts when uh, the, the publicity going into that movie and then finally seeing that? I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going you know, I'm, I'm, I'm to try again. Let's see what happens. Let's see. I mean, we, 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 we see the, the growth of um, Anakin, and I think they, there was a big deal about um, Hayden Christensen getting the role. I remember, you know, when I was when, when I was coming out. So, you know, you know who's going to play Anakin? And we see uh, Hugh McGregor's character now progress to looking more like Obi Wan Kenobi, and we start to, you know, set the seeds for you know for Vader. You know, we start to set the seeds for what starts. Anakin going on this path, and and that's the one thing that I that I had hope for a clones because it starts to get that story. So you know that for me, I, I it, it was definitely a, a massive upgrade from the first one. I'll definitely say that, definitely would say that, and and that's what I kind of liked about it. It was like okay, this is we we can see let's let's uh you know you, you know it you know kind of like that you know you, you know as, as a fan you <laughs> you know you're gonna pay and see it again. Mm. So. I I liked a lot of the uh, introductions to characters like Grievous. Um, I love the Grievous was only in three. Was he only in three? Yeah. Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee. Yeah, Count Dooku was the villain in yeah. episode okay, two. Okay. Grievous was introduced. Um, I, the guy who created the Powerpuff Girls um, also created like these short little micro Clone Wars episodes. Before oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, where that's where Grievous, yeah. uh, General Grievous Those are was introduced. Great, by the way. Oh my god. Uh, the animated uh, episodes between um, episode two, was it two and three? Yeah. Uh, where they released them on Car- Cartoon Network. Uh, the artist was the guy who did Powerpuff Girls. Can, I, I can't pronounce this. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. Uh, but you have characters and uh, like Count Dooku, where you, d- you don't see too much of Count Dooku and like his explanation into why he... Left, it, and that's another thing too. I mean, now Christopher Lee is one of those actors who was years ahead of his time, mm-hmm. um, and he has such an amazing history. Just being Christopher Lee, I mean, his yeah. cousin was Ian Fleming, who created James Bond. Um, he played—I forgot the character name—but he 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 was a James Bond villain in The Man with the Golden Gun. Nice. He played Dracula. Scaramanga. 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 Yeah, yeah. Uh, he played um, the, the Dracula in the Hammer horror movies. He was in uh, mm-hmm. the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Sodom. He did a death metal yep. album. What? Yeah, he did a death metal album based on the really? Charlemagne. I believe. Wow. Yeah. Wow. He is one of the most unique uh, actors in in recent memory. But yeah, his character really has no explanation uh, apart from the fact that even the explanation at the beginning, you know, like where uh, Padme was expressing her doubts that, you know, saying that, you know, she thought Khan Dooku was behind her assassination attempt at the beginning of the movie. And then um, Mace Windu, uh, you know, essentially patted her on the head and said, no, it's not within his character, but I'm glad you're okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That, that has so much relevance today. Um, (laughs) Yeah. The, the thing about episode two is you just see a grander scale of this like war that's been talked about for a long time. And, um, 
the introduction of the clones was really, really cool. And then you have, like, the droid army, which was really cool. And then you have uh, Django Fett, and you have uh, Boba Fett, and, like, that whole introduction there. It, I, I really liked episode two, but I, I hated Hayden Christensen. I, I just could not stand his acting. Like, he never, he never gave you his ability to, like, show you how he felt. He always had to say how he felt. I don't think that that's his fault, necessarily. Um, there's one film that he did that I'll recommend to anybody. I don't know if you've seen it, Noel, but it's uh, called Shattered Glass, uh, written and directed by a guy named Billy Ray. Um, it's a true-life story about this uh, writer, Stephen Glass, who was caught uh, faking his stories. But Hayden Christensen was amazing in that movie. Um, oh, yeah, the New York Times author, right? Yeah, I've I seen bits of that, not all the way through. Yeah, a really good movie. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say Hayden Christensen is the next Robert De Niro. He, you know, he's not the greatest actor in human history, but I think a lot of the problem with his performance as Anakin has to do with the material he was given more yeah. than anything else. I can, I can agree to that. Oh, yeah, definitely. But for me, I was, when it first came out, I was excited for it still. Um, you know, I was still not sold on The Phantom Menace, but it didn't. And even today, uh, you know, I, I've been critical of that movie, but I, I, not, I don't dislike it. Um, but going into it, my, for me, that is the worst Star Wars movie ever made right there, if only because of the romance plot or lack thereof. It made no sense. They had no chemistry whatsoever. Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen just... Wow. I cut your pair for you. Here's your pair. Wait, 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 wait. So you felt that Attack of the Clones, what made it terrible was the romance between you didn't believe that Anderson and Ellie Portman's cap, the, the actors and the characters are, were, were in love. Nope. Did not. Um, okay. I mean, little okay. thing. Okay, okay. I just want to make sure. Okay. I mean, I mean cause You just seemed angry. I know, I know there are women out there who love their bad boys, but I... I <laughs> to me, I just don't see a woman... Hearing a man say he went to a village and killed everybody and thinking, oh, he has a nice sense of humor. I can change him. Let's marry him. Yeah. Especially since, I guess, the timeline in that movie, uh, you know, they had not seen each other over 10 years. And then I think the story takes place within a month and then they're married at the end. Yeah, well, I mean, I wouldn't say, I mean, a month. I mean, I, I, maybe like a couple of years, right? Because cause during that time, is we see, um, you know, we see Anakin with um, Obi-Wan on a mission, you, you know, hunting down. So we, so we start seeing him, you know, as, as part of the Jedi, you know, handling business. Yeah. I, yeah, I... I don't know. Again, it, it, the film is just so scattershot. It doesn't just poorly written, poorly. You know, the actors tried their best, but it just overall, it was good for the Lego uh, Star Wars movie. Yeah. But that's yeah. that's really about it. I I really liked the uh, the opening scene where it starts off with like an assassination plot, and they go to this weird like nightclub on Coruscant, and like. You see Obi-Wan kind of having a, a, a nice little bit of character development where he's just, you know, hanging out. And you 
see the dude who's like, you want some death sticks? And he's like, no, I don't want death sticks. And he's like, maybe you don't want death sticks. Well, I mean, that is funny, but let's go back a few minutes in that scene. I mean, Uh Obi-Wan is supposed to be this tempered, grounded, thought-provoking type of person, yet he's the one jumping through a window that on a building that is like essentially miles high in the air to a droid that he does not know whether it can take his weight or not, mm. knowing that there's an assassin out there who just may have a gun that can shoot that droid and, you know, have him plunge to his death. He reacted in a way that Anakin should have reacted. Anakin should have been the one jumping out of the window and then Obi-Wan running to that uh, speeder car to catch him. The characters were, were just... Uh, well, and, and if you listen to how they talk about Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi interacting with each other in episode one Obi-Wan Kenobi is actually kind of a loose cannon he mentioned that hey you're not a Jedi Knight already because you keep doing stupid shit and like jumping out of a window onto a weird spy robot and flying around I would say is part of that no Obi-Wan was made a Jedi Knight at the end of episode one yeah because his master died and he killed a Sith Lord uh, it's horrible script. Horrible. Script. <laughs> I don't like it. I I don't agree. I don't like it. Horrible script. Just yeah. <laughs> and you know, like little little technical things too, like uh, the kids in the Jedi school, all with lightsabers with the, the blaster shields over their head. The reason that scene was effective in Episode Four when Luke had the blaster shield and you know had the little uh, the little target thing going back and forth was that Obi Wan just found them on the on the Millennium Falcon. You're telling me that Obi-Wan somehow brought them brought them ab- aboard the Millennium Falcon and did that? I mean, just Lucas was not thinking. He was thinking toys, toys, business, money, money, money. Or, like, recognition and association. But if a flashback and using nostalgia for nostalgia's sake does not make a good story. Yeah. You have to make it, uh, you have to make sure it fits with, uh, it fits. How, how would you, if you were to introduce four sensitive children who are training and learning, what, what would you suppose they do for training? I wouldn't have put the kids in the film. There was no purpose. Uh, I feel like there's a really great purpose for those you could, you could have No, they, they were there to give the um, revelation that someone stole the, um, the uh, information on where the clone planet uh, is from the Jedi uh, systems. Yet that was information that, he could have, uh, that Obi-Wan could have found out through other means. Well, I, you, you, you established the fact that they have these children who are learning the Force and the ways of the Force. And then you have a transition of another character in episode three who then destroys and dismantles this whole system of learning by killing these children. You essentially introduce these children in episode two to die in episode three. That's, that's, I would feel like their biggest introduction. Oh, by the way, spoilers. Well, I mean, and we'll get into that when we uh, discuss episode three here, but uh, I, I just think that there was not a need for that. Um, introducing the concept of the clones as well, to me, was a mistake. They've had the Empire in the original trilogy built up as a big, massive machine. Not once did they indicate that they were short on money, and they would also have the clones, you know, they clearly 
clearly showed that some clones were shorter, some were taller. They never gave any indication that the stormtroopers were clones. The clones should have been something else, and then the stormtrooper should have arisen, um, you know, in response to uh, uh, an onslaught from these clones. And then Palpatine, you know, does his thing to become emperor. What? I think no. I don't agree. Like you, 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 you create this last-minute army. Like this guy foresaw Qui Gon Jinn foresaw uh, issues where there might need an army to be had. Like you, you're like, oh, bro, well, let me get on this making this army thing, and like let's let's make sure that we have like something to do because I foresee this fight. And then when you have this fight and you have this army ready to go. And then you have this progression of an empire. You know, people just joined. They, they didn't have clones for stormtroopers. But a government getting ready for war, whether it's in a galaxy far, far away or set in modern times, uh-huh. they're going to have a draft. They're not going to say, let's clone us some, some troopers to fight that. And if people really believe they can do propaganda to build up an art. I mean, look at what we're facing in the news today. I mean, propaganda can, yeah. can cause people to do silly, stupid things. Totally. Um, like, you, you are, again, in the future, far, far away, whatever, you have this advanced civilization. You have one group who's using robots because they're cost-effective. They don't take a lot of shit to do to actually have them work effectively, and people don't die. And then you have another group who's like, bro, let's just clone these guys because they're, one, expendable, two, really smart, and three, like, able to have, like, detailed thought and, like, actually manifest this way. And then guess what? Nobody else dies. They're, they were brought yeah. to war. But that's another thing, too. I mean, if like, anytime you're on Coruscant in all three of those movies, you do not see the effects of war. There's an active nightlife. People are soaked going to and from work. None yeah. of the buildings are being injured in any way, shape, or form. This war is a war that happens off screen. Totally. And which, you know, I think it would have been a lot more effective if you had actually seen the cost of that war build up over those films, leading to uh, Palpatine becoming the emperor at that point. What do you think, Noel? Yeah, it, it just sets up everything for, for three because we know the war is coming. Totally. So we get a sense of, of the clone army. We get a sense of the politics going on mm. with within that. I mean, you know, yeah, the love. I mean, I really don't much care about the love story. I guess it's going to happen anyway. But what it, it, it sets up is, like they said, the whole the war. It's coming. So we know as fans, at least in the next episode, you have to take it to the next level because it's building up to something. Yeah. So now comes the part is. How do you do that? Are you going to do it to, to a point where you it all becomes it all makes sense? Everything that happens in the first two movies, silly or not, those storylines finally come together. So you start to close it out, and and you know that that's kind of I guess the next segue into episode three, right? Yeah. Yep. Well, and that that was like my big thing about Coruscant. Coruscant, I feel like, is like Washington D.C. In like a relation to other stuff, like you want to have these people fat and happy, like dumb fat and happy, and by by having like a clone army fighting your war, there you go. I don't have to worry about it, but yeah, those are bad guys, you know. It's just yeah, like, 
Yeah. It just sets it up. It, it just yeah. goes that way. You have to, I think Lucas said that because I think during this time, I think George W. was in office. So mm-hmm. what was going on in Iraq had that tone to it. Totally. And that, you know, it, 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 it it needed to go that way. It, it was coming. It was coming. That's the best way. All right. So, um, but before we go on to episode three, story-wise, the next film that comes is the Star Wars, The Clone Wars, the movie that was made before the, the cartoon series, which is actually going to come back with uh, the new Disney uh, app that is set to debut next year. Uh, did any of you see that movie? I saw it. I refused to talk about it. <laughs> I, it, it not only was a bad movie that like set up a not so, it, like it was a successful TV series, but I hated it. I absolutely hated it. Uh, so dislike, thumbs down. Next, <laughs> what do you think, Noel? Yeah, I, I really think it. I, I haven't really gotten into Clone Wars, so I'm kind of been sticking only to the movie based Star Wars. So I really I was reading about Clone War. And I saw episodes that I kind of, you know, liked and, I, and the idea of it. But for me, I was more a movie guy, so I was always sticking to the movie stories. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you not see the animated, like, cartoon movie? No, I did not. And okay. that's, yeah, that's the one I'm talking about here. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, the, yeah, I, it. That bad, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw it because my kids were into it. I didn't think it was, it was good at all. I took my um, little brother to it. To me, I think. It, it reminded me a lot of that 1996 Fox Doctor Who uh, movie that they tried to use as a backdoor pilot mm-hmm. um, in the fact that, you know, what should have been done is a proper introduction type of story instead of th- what they did for that movie and what they did for the Doctor Who movie was assume you know a lot more about what's going on. Totally. And it just did not uh, catch my attention. I think if some of the other episodes were put together as a movie, um, it may have ha- had a better response, but it was it was forgettable, but it wasn't Attack of the Clones bad. Yeah. But uh, all right, we're going to move on to episode three, Revenge of the Sith. The pre the before the pre release, what were what were the thoughts? What were the thoughts uh, thinking about the trailers? And finally, when you saw the movie, so, Vader, yeah, Vader's yeah. coming. Yeah, that's what I was waiting for. Vader's coming, and I was like, let let me please. Show me how Anakin becomes Vader. That's what I've always wanted to see. I think that's what a lot of Star Wars fans want to see because we so we love Lord Vader so much or the character. This really, you know, how does he become this uh, this, this this machine? And that's really when I when when I saw it in the film start with action from the jump. I'm like, okay, here we go. You guys got me. Yeah. And and I and I and I think of all the prequels, this was probably my favorite one. This one I actually was like, okay. Yeah. yeah, you have some of the best fights in this film, and I, I growing up, I had uh, a lot of video games that fed into episode one, two, and three. Um, you have like the Jedi Knights game where you're playing as different Jedi. You have the Star Wars Bounty Hunter games, which were a lot of fun. And then you just had Star Wars Episode Three, the video game, that least, uh, released about a week before the film came out. With an alternate ending. Uh, it had two endings. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you have all of these, like, spoilers, which was actually pretty fun. But um, it... It was very exciting because you have like characters like General Grievous, the weird robot guy who makes all the bug monsters and like robot monsters. <laughs> and he looked like Dr. Rule, the Frankenstein monster. Um, it, 
had some of the best lightsaber battles. You have um, Mace Windu, you have uh, Anakin Skywalker, you have Obi-Wan, you have um, so, so many people. And you have, like, the, the fate of the two, what is it, the... The Duel of the Two Fates or something like that? Duel of the Fates, yeah. Duel of the Fates. Holy shit. Apparently they choreographed that fight scene for like four months. I will say, though, when it comes to the fight scenes in the prequels, visually, amazing. Yeah. But to me, the best lightsaber scenes are the ones that have more emotion to it. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones from the original trilogy. There's more going on emotionally in episode four when Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi are um, just essentially in real life slapping sticks yeah. um, than there is in that 45 minute extended lightsaber battle that they did on Mustafar. Yeah. Um, you know, it's... I, 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 it's just the prequels had too much reliance on the lightsaber and and the fighting when a lot of the purpose of the, the I mean the, the I think Yoda and Empire said you know this the, 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 that the force was life and whatnot yet all of a sudden in the prequels the you know lightsaber is you know your life and all that stuff and I just you keep losing this Anakin yeah and <laughs> having said that though when the the the, the teaser for episode three came out it opened up with uh, Obi-Wan's speech from episode four and then it cut to uh, just darkness and then Lord Vader yes master rise and that was that is my favorite teaser of all time yeah that was just exciting to see and then you know again like Noel said watching it on the watching it on the big screen finally watching and I expected that when the the mask was finally put on I thought going into it that it would have been like wild and crazy music everywhere it would have been really dramatic but I loved the fact that really all you heard was silence until Vader started breathing and you know And granted, it was ruined a little bit with the no. I'm, I, I'm not too much of a. I don't dislike it that much, but it was overdone and, and really over dramatic. But that was by far the best of the prequels, bar none. I agree. I enjoyed it thoroughly. All right. So that leads us to the one that started it all Star Wars Episode 4, Rogue New One. Home. Rogue One. Oh, yeah, let's talk about those. Rogue One. The the spin-off movies that they'll probably not make anymore. Let's talk about that before we go to episode four. Rogue One. <laughs> yeah, Rogue One. <laughs> what did you think of Rogue One? I, I, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it because we all knew they were all going to die. Yeah. We all knew they were not going to survive. I, I saw that movie with so many people, and they were like, oh, my God, I can't believe they died. And I was like, really? Really, you can't believe they died. No. Did you not see any not of the that, other movies? Yeah, but not, like, no, yeah, I haven't seen any of them. The power of the, I mean, we finally see the power of, of, of the um, Death Star in, in capacity. That, that's whoa, what blew my mind. Oh, When they blew up Jetta, I was like, whoa. Yeah. And on a big screen in 3D, I was like, yo, that's what I'm talking about. I was in like IMAX 3D with the, mm-hmm. the, the crazy, like, shaky seats. That shit oh, wow. awesome. Oh, man. 
I, I mean, Rogue One, the last 10 minutes are gold. To me, that's the movie right there. I loved, uh, well, oh, what's his name, K2SO? <laughs> Alan Tudyk, yeah. Ow, dude, Alan Tudyk plays the best robots. Like, the best robots. Um, there was so many unscripted things that he did that just made that film so much better. And then uh, you had the gentleman who played uh, Ip Man, who is, like, blind. That was wonderful. Donnie Yen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Put your hands yeah, every, up. After all great. Every, they were, from head to toe, it, it was incredible. It was a diverse cast. Riz Ahmed, we have the pilot. I mean, the only weak spot you can talk about is maybe... Um, Forrest Whitaker's a Saul Guerrero, but, but otherwise, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Man. I saw it twice in the theater. I was like, yeah. Yeah, this, this is exactly... When I saw this, I was like, you know, this is a Star Wars movie that... You know, it's it's a it's it's a great Star Wars movie. It yeah. really sets up everything. Totally, everything. Uh, one of my favorites was just, um, he's just like you know I'm one with the Force. The Force is one with me. That was like one of the most powerful things that I had seen. And he's just like, oh, let me just like dodge, duck, flip my stick, throw it, and then oh my god, he was so fucking cool. My critique of that movie. And I've mentioned it on the show before. I think it was our first episode when we talked about it. Yeah. But um, my critique was, even though we knew going in that the cast of characters that we saw in the trailer were not going to make it out of that movie alive, uh-huh. they could have done a lot better job in making us care for those characters. Totally. It was so much of a, of a con- foregone conclusion that they were all going to die that it really didn't start kicking in until Vader showed up. And I, I think if they had spent a little more time with characterization making us care for those characters in the story mm-hmm. it could have had a lot better impact than what it ultimately did again not that is a nitpick um, more than anything I did not dislike the movie but um, I do think that they should have made us care about those characters more and not just look forward to how they tie that into episode 4 yeah I mean really dude I, yeah. feel, I was kind of emotional yeah. with, with the captain totally. I mean stuff he went through and then you know with with um with a with 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 Jin's character, what she was going through. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, that was quite emotional, man. I mean, that that was like blatantly. That in itself really made the movie kind of come together because of so much personal sacrifice for this mission. They start realizing that they're bigger than the mission. Yeah, and then you have uh, the the girl's dad, who is just this like tool for war, who's trying to do everything he can to undermine everything, and like giving up his entire life to just try and stop the Empire was one of the most crazy things, too, in the beginning of the movie. The great, great Mads, the great Mads Mikkelsen, and that, you know, again, showcases how to properly use a character actor who's known for one particular t- uh, type of acting style to to its absolute best. Yeah. You know, he was one of the uh, shining stars, even though he wasn't in the movie for that long. Yep. Yeah, he's, he's one of the actors. I, I, I love Loved him in um, Casino Royale. Oh, oh my god, that oh, shit. That, that one of she, my he, favorite. He, he, that, that, that's a really good movie. That, that and Valhalla Rising, I think the other one yeah. he was in too. Um, we need. That's going to be another episode. We need. <laughs> we need to talk James Bond. Yeah, you know, we need to talk James Bond. Um, how did you guys feel about the CGI in the film? Because you had older characters who they brought back or like uh, redid to make them look <laughs> a lot younger. Um, that was my Admiral biggest. That's the one thing that, that 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 got 
Oh, yeah, okay. Sorry. No, that's the one that kind of got me. When 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 they brought back on um, the um, um, out the arrow. Grand Mall Tarkin. Uh, yeah, they. I, I think they, they need to do that. They, I would love to better if it would have been Vader. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If that been Vader, uh, my, that would have been crazy, man. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> my my oh, favorite scene in that film was when like Darth Vader is essentially making a joke. Don't choke on your own. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh my god, I fucking die. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it, again, this is a severe nitpick. You could tell James Earl Jones has grown older by his voice. It wasn't as deep and resonant as it was before, but I would, I would, I would pay to watch James Earl Jones read the phone book. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, my favorite scene of that, that movie as well was just at the end. When Darth Vader just fucks shit up too, because uh, apparently it was supposed to be a lot more violent, and then they were like, "Bro, PG thirteen." <laughs> um, I it just was scary. It's scary. I, I will say for the CGI stuff with Tarkin and with Leia, it, it wasn't. A, it wasn't a cynical move, so yeah. I could accept it. It yeah. wasn't done for just yeah. a cash grab. It was done with the full blessing of of the the, uh, the original actors involved, of, of the, the estates of the original actors involved, and it was done for the right reasons, so I can accept that. Now, the moment a company does a CGI version of Humphrey Bogart and puts him in a movie again, that's when I'm going to start getting upset at, um, the, at the, how technology can do that, but it was done for the right reasons. It wasn't perfect, but I, it, it, it was important for the story. I, I could accept it. And, you know, come on. I shed a little tear when Leia said hope, and then it yeah. went to the end credits. That yeah. that was perfect. And speaking of that, that led into episode Han Solo story. No, we're not talking about that. Han Solo story. I didn't see it, so we're not talking about it. was so good. <laughs> Noel, did you see the Han Solo uh, story? I, I did, man. And I had, I, I was like, uh, I expected more to be honest with you, man. I, I I can give you that, and and it was really hard going into like the Avengers and all these other movies that like released all at the same time, and then it's like, hey, do you want to go see Star Wars? And they're like, there's a new Star Wars film. I loved it. I fucking loved yeah, it. Yeah, but Chewbacca you know, fans, my you know Han, I mean, a Han Solo man. Yeah, Han Solo was great. Sorry. Childish Gambino did an excellent uh, Billy D. Williams. Um, and then you have uh, some of the you robots. Mean, you mean Lando Calrissian. Lando Calrissian, but he he essentially played Billy D. Williams. Well, we'll find out. Well, hopefully, Billy D. is going to be in the, in the next installment. So oh, we, he, we'll see. They've already Orlando. announced him. They already see? announced him. He's going to be in episode nine. Oh shit! Oh shit! Yeah. Billy D. And with that, another episode of Friends Talking Nerdies in the Books. We thank you all for listening. This is Tim Jasma. Remember to tune in next week as we continue our discussion on all things Star Wars. We hope you've enjoyed everything you've heard so far. Uh, remember, we do have a little contest going on. Uh, thanks to the ninjabot.com, uh, we have an exclusive lithograph available for our audience, but you got to earn it. How do you earn it? You go to your podcast provider of choice where you have the chance to leave a review. Leave us a five-star review. 
Take a screenshot of that, post that on social media, let us know via social media, and you will be entered into a contest to win that exclusive lithograph. Uh, We will have the picture up on our website soon, but you can also head to FTN underscore podcast on Instagram, and you can see the picture there already. And I do believe I got it up on Twitter, but if not, I can get that up again. Um, but yeah, once again, uh, you have until Thanksgiving, leave us a five-star review on your social, uh, meet, uh, on your, eh, sorry, on your uh, podcast provider of choice, take a screenshot, put that on social media, and then, uh, let us know so we can enter you into the contest. We would love to, uh, give that lithograph to, uh, one of our audience members that, uh, takes the time to spread the love about friends talking nerdy. Now, speaking of spreading the love, I wanted to, uh, give a shout out to a couple of podcasts here, uh, that have, uh, that have people on the show that have actually been a big influence in, uh, me in terms of getting friends talking nerdy on the air. Those podcasts are the Capeless Crusaders and Nerd on the Podcast. A couple of the folks, uh, that are involved with the, with these shows. Uh, we're talking David Barry, we're talking Anthony Steves and Thomas Petborosuth, um, and, and Thomas, I'm sorry if I screwed up your name. Next time you see me, you can punch me in the face. But I uh, definitely recommend you all uh, check both of those podcasts out. Um, very similar content as to what you hear it, here each and every week. Um, they talk comic books, movies, um, and it wouldn't be a, a show that Anthony and Steve's was involved in if they did not talk about wrestling at some point. But hey, I do have something up on Mr. Steve's. I was actually in the same building at one point where Andre the Giant faced off against the Ultimate Warrior and... About 10, let's see, 11, 12 years later after that date, I was in a room with The Rock. So, yeah, got got you there. Um, anyway, like I said, uh, ch- check out these podcasts. It was me being silly, sorry. But uh, Capeless Crusaders and also Nerd on the Podcast, they are both available on all of your major uh, podcast providers. They are friends of the show uh, that, you know, they help inspired me to get off my keister to actually uh, do what we're doing here. So uh, we definitely recommend you give them some love. Once again, next week, we will have part three of our discussion on Star Wars. We will see you then. Hi, I'm uh, Rich Minersky. I'm the Milwaukee City Building Inspector. I'm here to make sure that your licenses are valid and that this building is ah, up to... fuck it. Let's just talk about Rogue One. X-Wings! Death Star! Grand Moff Tarkin! TIE Fighters! Mon Mothma's back! Princess Leia! Admiral Akbar! Oh, no, no, that was somebody else. It was a different Mon Calamari. Oh, I thought they cast the same actor and he just gained a bunch of weight between the last film oh. and this one. Oh, no, Apple Akbar's not a real person. Alderaan! Adat Walkers! We go back to Yavin 4! Remember the Rebel Base? I clapped! I clapped when I saw it! I clapped when I saw Darth Vader! ATSTs! ATSTs! Lucasfilm logo! A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, but no title crawl! Oh well! I applauded it for being different! It broke new ground! <laughs> <laughs> TIE FIGHTERS!
Fighters as well as X-Wing. You'll be dead guy. And Punda Boo Boo. Panda Babu. You mean Buttface? Lightsaber. Jimmy Smiths. Basil Oregano, played by Jimmy Smiths. He's Princess Leia's non-biological father. He got blown up on Alderaan. Alderaan. That's the planet that gets blown up. ATSTs, ATSTs. C-3PO and R2-D2 showed up and I clapped. I clapped when I saw them too. I clapped because I know Star Wars. I know what that is. This is Gold Leader. We're starting for the target shaft now. Grandma Tarkin! Lightsaber. Blue Milk! Lightsaber. Star Destroyers! I'm gonna come! Did you clap at any of the new moments and memorable characters? Were there any? No! I clap when Darth Vader turned on his red lightsaber. Holy shit, there was a red lightsaber and he used the force! Oh my god! Subscribe to Friends Talking Nerdy on iTunes the Google Play Music Store, as well as Spotify. Remember to support Friends Talking Nerdy on Patreon. Goodbye, darling.